All right, guys, you are locked on Falcons. I'm your host, Aaron Freeman. And today I'm joined by the host of Locked On Titans and Locked On Ravens to discuss new Falcons defensive coordinator, Dean Pease. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, guys, you know me. I'm Aaron Freeman. I've been covering the Falcons for many years, formerly at Falcfans.com. RIP, still going strong on Twitter at Falcfans, and of course, the host of this illustrious Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked On Falcons is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. And today's episode of Locked On Falcons, I am joined by the host of Locked On Titans, Tyler Rowland, the host of Locked On Ravens, Kevin Ostriker, to, to discuss the Falcons' new defensive coordinator, Dean Pease, formerly the defensive coordinator's of both of those teams, most recently with the Titans from 2018 to 2019, with the Ravens from 2012 to 2017. And Tyler and Kevin are going to give me their insights, sort of asking them the same general questions, sort of about Dean Pease's defensive identity, some pros and cons to his defense, sort of one specific question for each of those hosts about Pease's time in Tennessee as well as Baltimore. And then towards the end of today's episode, I'll be back to sort of give you my thoughts on it after you have heard sort of Kevin and Tyler's thoughts on it. So without further ado, let's sort of start things off with Tyler Rowland, host of Locked On Titans, talking about Dean Pease. So guys, it's me, Aaron Freeman of Locked On Falcons, and today I am joined by Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans. Tyler, it's been a little short break since we last did this talking about Arthur Mm -hmm. Smith. Now I want to get your uh, thoughts on Arthur Smith's defensive coordinator hire, someone who you are familiar with in Dean Pease, the former coordinate defensive coordinator of the Tennessee Titans from 2018 to 2019. And I just want to get your thoughts on sort of the identity of Dean Pease's defense, because in his own words, when speaking to the local Atlanta media, Dean Pease talked about the type of defense he wanted to bring, which is a unit that's going to blitz from everywhere, that's going to use disguise, that's going to be multiple up front and simple on the back end. Do you think that's a fair, accurate way of describing Dean Pease's defense, at least as you saw it in Tennessee, sort of in your own words? What would you describe the identity of the Dean Pease defense? Well, I definitely think disguise is the number one word. Uh, Multiplicity is another word that I would use. So Dean Pease is not going to give you a traditional 3-4 front. He's not running a traditional 3-4 defense. He's not going to run a 43 defense either. He's going to run both. He's going to move. This is something that Mike Vrabel shares in his philosophy, so that's why he brought in Dean Pease. But Dean Pease is a firm believer that you have to have a malleable defense. You have to be able to adjust to what your opponent is doing. And and you never want to get too bought into one specific philosophy. That's why you know you see a guy like Wade Phillips, for example, who's another older gentleman who's been in the league a while, like Dean Pease. But you know, Wade Phillips was forced out of Los Angeles because he was so strict on what he wanted to do with his 34 scheme. Well, Dean Pease is the opposite of that. He's very open-minded. He wants to do whatever it takes, what's best, 
to beat the offense that you're going against that week. So rather than having a strict general philosophy that he follows, he wants to week to week whatever it takes to beat that team. Now, one thing I will say is I would not call what Dean Pease does on defense simple in the back end. Maybe he said that that's what he wants to do, and maybe he'll look to simplify some of the things that happen in the back end. But in my experience with watching a Dean Pease defense, Maybe it's not complicated in terms of the responsibilities, but the movement. There's tons of coverage rolling. Um, Dean Pease likes to do an inverted cover, too, where he uses his slot defenders to drop back in the two deep halves and bring the deep safeties up into hook zones over the middle of the field or taking away the honey hole in cover, too. So he likes to roll around, roll safeties this way, roll safeties that way, uh, roll a corner back into cover three that was playing press at the beginning, press bail technique. So he likes to do a lot of things disguise-wise, so I wouldn't necessarily say it's simple or um, easy on the back end. It's definitely complex in both, but if you can keep the responsibility simple and then just dress it up with some of that movement that I'm talking about, that would make a lot of sense for Dean Pease, and that's what he tries to do on defense, at least in my uh, experience with what I've seen from him in Tennessee. What would be some of the things that you would say are the positives that Dean Pease is going to bring to the table, potentially Atlanta, that he did bring to the table in Tennessee? Yeah, well, one thing is something that I mentioned here is you're not going to get somebody who goes out there and says, hey, we're running our stuff. I hate coaches like that in in every sport. Uh, People who are married to their system or married to their scheme. One of the reasons that Bill Belichick, I know it's hard to compare, but one of the reasons Bill Belichick is so successful is throughout his career as head coach, he is notorious for changing the game plan, changing the philosophy week to week to match the opponent. And Dean Pease shares that philosophy on defense. So you're never going to be out there and be in a bad spot because what you do on defense is easily beaten by something that the offense does week to week. Dean Pease is always going to change up what the plan is and do what's best to beat that opponent that week. And not every, Likewise, Arthur Smith on the offensive side of the ball, he would make certain adjustments, but that was not what Arthur Smith wanted to do. Arthur Smith had his package. He knew what he wanted to do on offense, and the Titans are going to run their offense and see if you can beat them. Dean Pease is the opposite on defense. He has his general idea of what he wants to do, but he really does change week to week based on what's going to be the defense. That's the number one thing that I like because I like that versatility. I like being uh, malleable to what's going on. That's a big thing that I want from my coach in general. Uh, Another thing that I really like about Dean Pease is he has a a tendency to kind of scheme up weird offenses. So like with the Baltimore Ravens, Dean Pease put a great plan together to stop Lamar Jackson, and that's a little outside the realm. So To me, that's an experience thing. Having an older guy like Dean Pease who's been through two decades in the NFL essentially looking at defense, he's able to draw on that experience and draw on previous schemes and historic stuff that he's done to help kind of meet the needs that the team has that week. And as we saw with the Titans against the Ravens with Dean Pease last playoffs, that can come up big. So that's a that's a big thing for Pease. He's able to kind of uh, mold himself to, to the challenge of the week, but also has a ton of experience to draw on to help him do that. Now, what are maybe some of the concerns, maybe some of the negatives, maybe some of the shortcomings that you think potentially uh, could the Falcons fall into with Dean Pease as their D coordinator? 
the thing about Dean Pease, like he talked about, he wants to blitz, he wants to bring pressure, and it's not so much that he wants to be one of these people who just lines up six or seven and brings the house every single time, but what he wants to do is he wants to bring people from different areas. He wants to drop a defensive end back and bring a, a, a slot blitz from the other side. He wants to, you know, bring a, an outside linebacker edge rusher and move him into the middle and have him blitz up the a gap so he wants to bring pressure but he wants to give you different looks and and make the pressure come from different places what can happen in that scenario is if you have someone who's a fantastic pass rusher you have one guy who's really good or you have a group of guys who's really good dean pease isn't the type of guy who's going to say like we saw todd bowles do in the super bowl on sunday He's not going to be the type of guy who says, you know what, I'm going to let my front four go at it and win their matchups. So when you when you have so many people doing so many different things, your linebackers have to be able to blitz. Your slot cornerbacks have to be able to blitz. Your safeties have to be able to blitz. When you need so many people in your defense to be that versatile, it kind of limits the personnel that you can go after in the draft or free agency because you can't get an outside linebacker who is just great at pass rushing. He's just going to come off the edge every time. You're going to have to have an outside linebacker who can also drop into coverage and and finding versatile pieces to fit in that uh, multiple defense. It could be a little tough to do. And, and some of the players on the Titans now who were drafted because of their versatility, well, they don't do one thing good enough. Take Rashawn Evans. Rashawn Evans is a great versatile linebacker. He can come downhill. He can rush a little on the outside, but he's not good enough at one thing to constantly make an impact. He's okay at pass rushing as a as a stand-up linebacker. He's okay at, you know, being a run defender as a stand-up linebacker. He's okay at dropping back into coverage, but he's not excellent at any one of those. And a flip side of that is Harold Landry, who's a really good edge rusher, hasn't been able to really develop himself because of the system that Dean Pease put him in that required him to drop back into coverage a lot. So what happened is if you have a guy who's really, really good at one thing, because of the versatility of the scheme, sometimes you ask him to do other things that he's not as good at, and then you waste what his number one talent is. And on the flip side of that, as they start to build the defense and add personnel to this scheme – you find yourself looking for versatility so much that you don't get players who are just really, really good at one thing, and then maybe they're kind of okay at a bunch of things, and and that can hurt you as well. So those are some of the cons that you can see from the scheme. And I do have to say, Dean Pease's defense gave up a ton of yards. The Titans were good at stopping points in 2019, but they gave up a ton of yards. They were in the 20s in yards allowed. So uh, that's one thing. Dean Pease is a bend, don't break defense. And you can do that if you don't break. But if you break enough in enough games, then you're giving up a ton of yards and you're allowing points. And now you're a bad defense. And the Titans the Titans fans romanticized Dean Pease because Shane Bowen and what we got from the Titans in 2020 was so bad. But Dean Pease's defense in Tennessee was average at best. And that leads me to my next question because of a defense that, you know, from all accounts was pretty much average in Dean Pease's uh, tenure there, but in part due to the success of the offense, that's all it kind of needed to be in order to make that Titans right. team a, a playoff caliber team and, and you know, make a, a pretty deep run in 2019. But then you see this massive step back uh, this past year. And I've noticed like with Mike Vrabel, you know, he took over as D coordinator before he got the job in Tennessee in Houston and their defense took a big step back in his uh, year in that gig. And then this past year and yeah. now with the changes there, I'm just curious, 
does it sort of make DMPs, as you sort of mentioned, does it make DMPs look better? And what's the sort of the next move for this Titans defense? Well, to me, it's a game planning thing. So, and, and it's not just about game planning and having the right plan. It's in the heat of the moment. What defense are you going to call? Now, Shane Bowen was a first-time defensive play caller. So maybe he's actually a good play caller, and he was just, you know, cutting his teeth, going through the, the early ups and downs of, of starting a career or getting a promotion. Anyone's going through that in any walk of life. But uh, I think w- one of the big problems – with Shane Bowen, it is that plan, is that experience that I mentioned that was so good about Dean Pease because the players were pretty much the same for the Titans' defense from year to year. There wasn't a, a big change. It, and I would argue there was more defensive talent on the Titans' defense in 2020. So to me, perfect example. Against the Green Bay Packers in Week 16 for the Titans, as anybody who's watched the Packers this year knows, they love attacking the flat. Rodgers was not throwing the ball downfield a ton this year. He's getting the ball out quick, getting it into the flat, getting it to Tunyon, getting it to Aaron Jones, getting it to Devontae Adams on those RPO smoke routes and hitting them in the flat and letting them make plays. So the Titans' defense, you would think, hey, cover two, man coverage. But the Titans came out and ran cover three. Why would you run a coverage where your cornerback, your outside guy, is going to be dropping back deep into a zone to cover your deep third when you know that a team likes to attack the flats? Somebody like Dean Pease is going to know better than to try to get cute or just not have the right plan together. Dean Pease is going to have the right plan. Now, whether you have the personnel to execute, we will see. That'll be part of you know changing the defense, molding the defense. But at least Dean Pease is going to have a, a solid plan, and you know that going in. So to me, that's, that's the biggest difference that you're going to see there. And the biggest difference that I saw was about Marion coverage and Marion rush together. If you're going to bring a slot blitz, then you can't have your slot cornerback be lined up eight yards off the ball because even if the blitz is a free rusher, you're not going to have time to get to the quarterback before he gets rid of the ball because the, the blitzer is so far off the line of scrimmage. So alignment, how how the coverage alignment, and then the blitz that's called or the pressure that's called, how those two go together, that's another big thing that Dean Pease did a lot better than Shane Bowen. The Titans would run blitzes, and the quarterback would have the ball out of his hand before it ever had a chance to get home. And to me, that's an alignment issue, and that's defensive coordination. So Dean Pease is never going to have the, the Falcons in a bad spot from that aspect. Okay. Well, Tyler, I appreciate you joining me today and sharing your insights. Uh, I feel like we've picked the uh, former Titans coaching staff bones clean <laughs> here on, on Lockdown Falcons, but I, I will certainly have you on speed dial in the event that I need to get a little bit more insight into sort of uh, what Arthur Smith and what Dean Pease, as well as others, may be bringing to the table. Uh, let the people know sort of what you got going on at Lockdown Titans and sort of what are some of the big storylines and topics that you're going to be discussing this offseason. Uh, obviously you can find the locked on Titans podcast on whatever platform you do stream. If you want to get, you know, any more information, obviously I have historical podcasts going over Dean Pease performances as Aaron has checked out before. I do do a lot of film breakdowns on my Twitter account. If you go to my media tab, uh, you can find a ton of breakdowns going over Dean Pease's defense from last year. So you can find me on Twitter at Tic Tac. Titans for any of that. Um, as for, you know, the, the offseason, obviously you got free agency coming up. You got the draft coming up. The Titans have a lot to do on defense, a big fifth year option with Rashawn Evans. So uh, have a lot planned to just go over every. I mean, the NFL is a 12 month sport, as you know, Aaron. So there should not be any shortage of topics to discuss on the Locked On Titans podcast or Locked On Falcons podcast as we progress through the offseason and make our way back to the 2021 NFL season. 
Well, I'm eager to hear you talk about some of those impending Titans free agents because I know there's a chance that some of them might find their way down south to the city of Atlanta. So Mm -hmm. eager to get your insights on that and certainly be a lot of things uh, that are compelling to Falcon fans, at least on Locked on Titans this offseason. Yeah, absolutely. And any Falcons fans that want to check it out, feel free. Uh, Just know that here in Tennessee, because of Arthur Smith, because of the connection between A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, as I mentioned when we talked about Arthur Smith hiring, you got a lot of people who are going to be side cheering, having the Falcons as our side chick uh, this regular season and hoping that maybe we get a Titans-Falcons Super Bowl. Okay. Uh, I look forward to it, uh, (laughs) Tyler, from your words to God's ears, right? Absolutely. So um, appreciate it, man, and uh, look forward to the next time we get the chat. Have a good one. Take care. All right, guys, there's Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans. And we still got more to come on today's episode talking about the Falcons' new defensive coordinator, Dean Pease, with Kevin Ostriker of the Locked On Ravens podcast. But before we get there, guys, I want to let you guys know about the best tasting protein bar out there on the market. Of course, I'm talking about Built Bar. Built Bars taste just like a candy bar because they all have 100% real chocolate and they come in delicious flavors like coconut, almond, and peanut butter that taste just like candy bars that you know and love, almond joy. Reese's Cups. Those are my two go-tos, but they also have some other great flavors. They launched this past summer with six new flavors like Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Cherry Barcia, uh, and so many others to name a few. And Built Bars aren't just tasty. They're very healthy for you too. They're low in sugar, low in calories, high in protein, high in fiber. You can use them to give yourself an energy boost pre or post workout. You can use them as low calorie meal replacements like me for breakfast and lunch. However you want, just head over to builtbar.com. Use the promo code locked on to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code locked on for 20% off your next order at builtbar.com. So before I bring on Kevin Ostriker of the Locked on Ravens podcast, I am going to let you guys know that you should be checking out the Locked on Today podcast hosted by Peter Bukowski, who's giving you all the sports news from around the Locked on Podcast Network in under 20 minutes. Just subscribe to Locked on Today wherever you get your podcasts. So guys, it's Locked on Falcons. Of course, I'm Aaron Freeman. And today I'm joined by Kevin Ostriker of the Locked On Ravens podcast, and he's going to be coming with us to talk about the new Falcons defensive coordinator, Dean Pease, and discuss Dean Pease's six years as the defensive coordinator with the Baltimore Ravens several years prior to that as a position coach. Kevin, welcome to the show. Aaron, thanks for having me on. It's going to be great to talk about Dean Pease and you know what he brought to the Ravens and what he can bring to the Falcons. Now, in his own words, Dean Pease talked about the type of defense he wants to build in Atlanta. He wanted to blitz from everywhere. He wanted to use a lot of disguise. He wanted to be multiple up front and simple on the back end. Do you think that's a fair, accurate way of describing Dean Pease's defense, at least as it was in Baltimore? Sort of in your own words, how would you describe the identity of a Pease defense? Yeah, I completely agree with that, Aaron. I think the first thing I think about when I think about Dean Pease He's an aggressive coordinator. He is someone who is extremely aggressive with his defensive looks. He'll crowd the line, much like what we've seen over the past couple of years in Baltimore with Don Martindale, the guy who ended up replacing Dean Pease after Pease retired from Baltimore. But he definitely wants to do a lot in terms of blitzing, and I think that's his best asset. He knows that he has talent. I mean, in Atlanta, they have talent there. In Baltimore, they have the talent to do it, too. In Pease, when he went to Tennessee, he came out of retirement from Baltimore. He went to Tennessee. He was that mastermind behind the game plan that stifled Lamar Jackson and that 14-2 and team 
and Lamar Jackson did go for 500 all-purpose yards, but I mean, the Ravens still lost the game. Dean Pease did a great job at containing Lamar Jackson in that game, but he does a lot of things at the line, not just crowding it, but he has guys do twists. He has guys do stunts. There are a lot of different things that he can do with a lot of different types of players. They have athletic guys, or at least they had those athletic guys in Baltimore. They also had not-so-athletic guys. Ray Lewis, towards the back end of his career, kind of lost some of the athleticism that had helped him a bit. But the Falcons certainly have some talent up on their defensive line, their linebackers, their secondary. And with those twists and stunts, they can do a lot of different things, not just with the defensive line, but with the linebackers as well. So going back to my original point, I definitely think aggressiveness is the number one thing I think about when I think about DMPs. Now with aggressiveness, with being able to utilize some of those playmakers, what are some other positives that you would expect DMPs to bring to the table uh, for the Falcons? I think a lot of things that DMPs did in Baltimore, at least, and even during his time in Tennessee was he wants to attack. He wants to make sure that offenses are uncomfortable when they're facing his defense. And I think part of that employs the bend don't break defense mentality. Something, again, we've seen in Baltimore over the last couple of years with Don Martindale. But with that bend don't break defense, pretty much what that means is, for example, with the Ravens, they are able to give up some short stuff. They know that, look, we're going to give you some short yardage stuff. You'll get the five, six yard completions and whatnot. But Dean Pease and that defense, what they did well was they tightened up in the red zone. And I think that my philosophy is, hey, look, if if a defensive possession is ending in the opposing offense, kicking the football, either a field goal or a punt, that's pretty successful. If you're not giving up touchdowns, if you have a high-powered offense behind you, and the Falcons certainly do, I think that if the defense can do its job, a bend-don't-break defense works tremendously, and Dean Pease is a master at that. And we've seen that throughout his time, both in Baltimore and Tennessee as a defensive coordinator. So I think that's another positive that he certainly brings. Now, what are some of the negatives that are at least potential obstacles uh, that you think the Falcons might have to overcome, uh, similar to maybe what the Ravens had to during Pease's tenure there? Yeah, Aaron, some negatives about being an aggressive defense. There are certainly tons of positives, but sometimes some screens, some RPOs can beat you when defenses are sending five, six, seven guys at the quarterback at once. It it can create some binds in terms of some of the screen games, some RPO games, some of the shorter stuff as well. Over the past couple of years in Baltimore and even dating back to Dean Pease's tenure, The Ravens have employed that aggressive bend, don't break defense, whether it be with Pease or Don Martindale. And screens have certainly been an issue. It's just because guys are rushing at the quarterback. And what offenses will do is they'll pull out some offensive linemen and they'll have them get down the field and hopefully, you know, find some guys on the back end to block. And that'll open up a wide lane for a runner to run through. So that's one drawback that I think will be really key to look at in terms of he's in his tenure now going into his first season in Atlanta. So execution, I think is just key. Everybody executing their assignments, making sure that they are in their gaps, making sure that they don't overcommit to a certain play or a certain thing that they see and making sure that they see the whole play in front of them instead of seeing maybe one thing, one misdirection here or there and kind of going with whatever they see, making sure they play sound execution type football is what I think think can really combat the negatives that go with Dean Pease's defense because no defense is perfect in the NFL. There's none. So I think the style that Pease employs, I think it's really successful, but there are a couple of negatives. I think screens and the quick concepts being a couple of them. 
Now, my last question for you, Kevin, is I've read some stuff towards Dean Pease's, uh the end of his tenure there in Baltimore, that the Ravens had some struggles, you know, retaining some leads. Obviously, that has been a bigger concern with the Falcons in recent years. Um, I'm curious sort of to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, it, it, it was certainly uh, something with Dean Pease where his defenses could not hold fourth quarter leads. I certainly remember those days and, and they weren't fun days, but I think part of that issue towards the end of his career, he he wasn't working with the talent that I think the Ravens had on defense during the, the Ray Lewis days or whatnot. And I think that certainly has something to do with it. But when you have the bend, don't break defense, you start to play off a lot. And sometimes if your offense stalls out in the third, fourth quarters and they're punting, they're kicking field goals, and your defense is holding a 10-point, 14-point lead heading into, we'll say, a fourth quarter, it can be a little difficult because then at that time, you're playing the off coverage, you're playing the bend-don't-break defense, and then teams will start taking the short stuff, and that short stuff begins to add up, and it's suddenly an 8-yard gain, a 9-yard gain, an 11-yard gain. Instead of having the one big chunk play of 30 yards, they're getting it in three plays, which is fine, But I think towards the end of his tenure in Baltimore, fans definitely got tired of the blown fourth quarter leads. And I think part of it, again, the talent discrepancy, I'll call it, between the Ray Lewis days defense and some of the other defenses Baltimore had. Baltimore had some great defenses past the Ray Lewis era with Dean Pease. But I do think that some of the veteran leadership kind of waned when Lewis left. And guys like Eric Weddle and whatnot tried to fill that void. But again, the off coverage can certainly hurt. The bend don't break defense can certainly hurt. And for Dean Pease, at least, it became a trend for him to begin to blow those fourth quarter leads. So hopefully in Atlanta, that trend will stop and Atlanta will not blow fourth quarter leads. Well, you know, we can always pray, right? Uh, <laughs> Kevin, I appreciate you coming on and sharing your insights into Dean Pease. Let the people know where they can find you on Twitter and what you got on Locked on Ravens coming this offseason. What are some of the big storylines for the Ravens over the next couple of weeks and months? Yeah, certainly. And well, we have a big one already, and it's that Orlando Brown Jr., the Ravens' right tackle, is now wanting out of Baltimore because it was his father's dream, the late Orlando Brown Sr., to see his son grow up and play on the left side of the line at left tackle where he was that anchor at left tackle for the Baltimore Ravens. So Orlando Brown, he's a stud 24-year-old two-time pro bowler, and he wants out in the last year of his rookie contract. So that will certainly be a storyline to watch what the whole Baltimore will get for him if they even decide to trade him as well. And then finding some receivers for Lamar Jackson would be nice. Maybe getting a number one like an Allen Robinson or whatnot. But there are plenty of storylines for this Baltimore Ravens team, hopefully advancing past the divisional round in the 2021-2022 season. But you can find my work on Twitter at KOSTRIKER34 and the Locked on Ravens podcast Twitter at Locked on Ravens. Appreciate it, Kevin. Have a good one. Thanks, Aaron. So, guys, there was Kevin of Locked On Ravens, and he echoes some of the same sentiments that we heard from Tyler earlier in the episode. But there's still more to come on today's Locked On Falcons podcast on Falcons defense coordinator Dean Pease, where I will give you my thoughts on the Falcons hire and what my expectations are for the Falcons defense this upcoming year. But, guys, before we get there, I want to let you guys know about the one place that I trust, the one place that has you covered when it comes to all things betting. Yes, the NFL season is over, but that doesn't mean you got to stop betting. You can bet at betonline.ag, whether we're talking about NBA, NHL, NCAA, we got NASCAR coming up. All you got to do is sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. Use the 
the promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Bet online is already dropping NFC South as well as other division futures. They got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers four to seven odds of winning the division next year. New Orleans Saints, 11 to five odds to win the division next year. Carolina Panthers, 11 to one odds. And of course, the Falcons rounding up the bottom at 12 to one odds. That will not stand, guys. You're getting some value there. If you think somehow Arthur Smith alongside Dean Pease is going to get this Falcons team back on track and give them at least a sliver of a chance, you can't pass up odds like that. So head on over to betonline.ag. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Now, 2020 is mercifully over, and it's time to get a fresh start with a few more wins. And you can do that by checking out the Locked On Bets podcast with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports, giving you all the insights into the locks that are going to win you money, whether he's talking college basketball, football, NBA, NHL, etc. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. So, guys, now that we've heard from both Tyler and Kevin, what are my thoughts on Dean Pease? Now, you know, they, they echoed similar sentiments. And I think some of the things that we heard from those guys about what sort of is a Dean Pease defense, what I've seen from, you know, the little film that I have watched of Dean Pease's defense, particularly in Tennessee, you know, I, I think it's going to be very similar to the style of defense that we've seen from Raheem Morris the last couple of years. It's a bend but don't break defense that certainly describes the Dan Quinn Morris defenses. They disguise cover. That wasn't a big part of when Dan Quinn was taking over. But the Falcons have done that quite a bit these last uh, year and a half with Morris taking over. Um, you know, they were aggressive with blitzing this past year under Morris. That's what Dean Pease likes to do. So I think really the only substantial difference that you're going to see on the field is maybe you're going to see them dialing up more cover too. Uh, which they did under Raheem Morris compared to what they were under Marquand Manuel and Dan Quinn, but not a significant part. They were still primarily their primary zone coverage was cover three. So you'll probably see them dial back to cover three and dial up a little bit more cover two. But for the most part, I think schematically, you're not going to see this defense be dramatically different than what we have seen the past two years under Raheem Morris. I really think the significant change that Dean Pease is going to bring to the table is not from a play calling standpoint, not from a schematic standpoint. You know, it's not really what he's going to do on Sundays that really matters. It's what he's going to do Monday through Saturday. It's about the preparation. It's about game planning, which is what going back to what Tyler said about current Titans defensive coordinator, not being necessarily good at the game plan aspect. And that was the strength of Dean Pease because we know Dean Pease as Tyler, as Kevin said, is going to be adaptable. There's certain things that he wants to do, but he is going to adapt his game plan to the opponent that the Falcons face each and every week. And, you know, you saw that from time to time under Raheem Morris the last year and a half. It wasn't necessarily something that didn't happen, but it was most for, for the most part tweaking for each opponent, not necessarily wholesale changes. And I think that I'm not going to sit here and say that the Falcons are going to have a completely different defense week in, week out. But it is one of those things where I do think you're going to see the team doing a better job adjusting to their opponent. Like I can remember distinctly this past year against the Chargers, the Falcons, even though the Chargers were basically dinking and dunking to get the ball out quickly of Justin Herbert's hands, the Falcons didn't go into that game pressing the Chargers wide receivers in order to sort of slow their ability to get off the line. That's one of the reasons why Keenan Allen had such a productive game beating AJ Terrell on a bunch of sort of like three yard, five yard, seven yard routes is because they weren't really getting in their face. And my hope is that situations like that, where the Falcons like, we're going to dial up the blitz to attack this rookie quarterback. And we may face a couple this year, Trevor Lawrence, at least one, whoever, maybe the jets pick up, who knows? Um, but 
you know, you will see that sort of strategy meld together where it's like, okay, we're going to blitz this guy. We're going to jam these wide receivers. We're going to get up in the face of these wide receivers. You didn't quite see that meld together with Raheem Morris. So that's some one area where you, you could see a change and an improvement under Dean Pease. But for the most part, again, it goes back to that sort of week to week preparation. And my hope is that it's going to really instill more discipline in the Falcons defense, right? And when I talk about discipline, I'm not talking about, oh, they don't get penalties, guys. That's, that's To me, that's a, you know, that's a boring way of describing discipline. Discipline to me is guys that know what they're supposed to do. They do their job, whether that's a run fit, whether that's a coverage assignment, and they can work in conjunction with one another. We know that miscommunications and blown coverages were too often issues for the Falcons defense in recent years. Not so much this year as much as it was the previous year, but, you know, Hopefully those types of mental errors will be a thing of the past. And, you know, I rem- I'm reminded of games that I've seen in the past against other defenses that are known for their discipline, the Vikings, the Ravens, and going back to like 2017 and 2018 and the Falcons would run the Yankee concept, which was like the core element of sort of the Shanahan, the, the core play of one of their big plays, one of the core plays of the Arthur Smith offense off of play action. And I remember watching, Safeties like Andrew Sandejo and Chuck Clark for the Ravens recognizing mid play. Oh, they're running a Yankee concept and running to the spot where Julio Jones was supposed to be to prevent Julio Jones from making that play. And that's what I'm hoping to see from Dean Pease is that game planning aspects plays off where players are going to play smarter, more disciplined and, and recognize what teams are doing. Oh, they're running this concept. Let me get to this spot. I recognize this thing rather than sort of just, players sort of robotically running the scheme as it's called up. That to me was a failing of this previous regime. When we talk about the coaching failing to me, it's not necessarily the schematic stuff, particularly on the defense. It's that sort of, you're seeing players like Devondre Campbell, like Deion Jones, like Duke Riley make the same mistakes over and over again. Devondre Campbell in year four, making the same mistakes he made as a rookie. Deion Jones this past year, making the same mistakes that he made as a rookie. And my hope is that we're going to see Dean Pease really do a much better job and this new defensive coaching staff do a much better job fixing those issues and getting players in here. And whether it's the current players fit that sort of style, again, that's one of the reasons why I'm so hard on Deion Jones, guys. Not because I don't think Deion Jones is a very talented player. Of course, I think he's a very talented player. His talent jumps off the screen. But the thing about Deion Jones is he's not a very disciplined player. And the criticism I've had directed at Deion Jones quite a bit over the last couple of years is I don't think you can have an undisciplined player being the the so-called leader of your defense at that middle linebacker spot. You don't see Bobby Wagner out there running around with his head you know, like a chicken with his head cut off, like Deion Jones, you will find from time to time in this defense, and you can't have that. And that permeates to the rest of the unit when your so-called leadership is not necessarily the most disciplined player, that rock that you can lean on, the guy that's going to do his job down in, down out, week in, week out. And that's one of the criticism I have to Deion Jones. That's why I'm so you know critical of him and so hard on him because I, I, I think he has the talent. By all means, he has the talent, but does he have that sort of discipline, that leadership to be the guy. And and one of the things I've talked about in the past when talking about Deion Jones and his future in Atlanta, and this applies to all players, not just Deion Jones, but he's a very specific example we can use is, you know, if, if you can't play that style of of defense under DMPs, I don't know if you're going to stick around long in Atlanta. And so that's going to be the interesting thing to me is going to be whether or not DMPs can instill that and the players that can adapt to that type of system that are going to get pushed, that are going to get prodded, that are going to get 
quote unquote disciplined for making mental mistakes like this team has been rampant. Are those guys going to be long lived pieces here in Atlanta? You know, to me, like the, the world I want to live in, the world that I'm imagining that Dean Pease is going to bring to us is like, the you know, the world where Devondre Campbell's off doing on his own thing on a third and 17 against the Titans where 10 of his teammates are playing zone and he's playing man coverage. Like, you know, that's going to get nipped in the bud. Like if, if you make that type of mistake, like you're not going to be playing any anymore. That's what I hope to see from a Dean Pease-led defense. And if that's the case, then I think this defense does have tremendous potential. But I don't necessarily know if the Falcons right now have all the pieces to live up to that potential. But that's going to be something I think Dean Pease is going to stick around, at least hopefully long enough, to sort of instill. And so we're just going to have to see, you know, Dean Pease has already retired a couple of times. And uh, we'll see if he, you know, sticks around Atlanta. I don't think you can certainly count on him being long-term. But I think, you know, in their cases, uh, you know, you one would expect, you know, particularly if you look at the situation in Tennessee, he left Tennessee after they went to the AFC championship game. So you would hope that Dean Pease is going to stick around long enough to see sort of the, the fruits of his labor, you know, you know, bear success. So I don't, I, I botched the term, you know what I'm talking about though, you know? So that's what we're hoping to see. And we'll have to just wait and see if we see that. But like, again, I don't think it's going to be the schematic stuff. I think it's going to be the preparation. I think it's going to be the discipline. I think it's going to be the game playing stuff that Dean Pease does. And I think that should bear results on Sundays, not from a scheme. So, oh, he's doing, you know, X, Y, and Z while uh, Raheem Morris and Dan Quinn were doing A, B, and C from a schematic. So I don't think that's the case. I think if Dean Pease is doing X, Y, and Z, then Raheem Morris and, and company were also doing X, Y, and Z or, uh, you know, W, X, and Y or, or whatever the case may be. So, I don't think that's really the difference, but I think what you will see is that preparation, that discipline will bear fruit, that game planning that from Monday through Saturday will bear fruit on Sundays and you will see improvement. So I'm optimistic about Dean Pease. I'm not going to sit here and call him this defensive genius or whatever the case may be, because he's going to come up and, and magically scheme up the perfect defense. No, I just think that's, you know, that's a child's dream in my opinion, but um, I am optimistic that Dean Pease can bring a certain level of discipline that has been sorely lacking in Atlanta for a number of years, really since the Dan Quinn uh, era began. So we'll see if that happens. And I want to uh, thank Kevin and Tyler for coming on and joining me and giving their insights. And we'll just sort of have to see what happens with this Falcons defense moving forward, guys. Uh, we will have more content coming to you next week. If you have any feedback that you want to provide on anything I said on today's episode, anything I've said on past episodes, or anything you want me to say on future episodes, of course, you can hit me up on Twitter at Lockdown Falcons on Facebook at Lockdown Falcons, or you can send an email to lockdownfalcons at mail.com. Appreciate it, guys. Until then.